May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So a while ago, I was in a Catholic church and uh, a conversation was held after the service um, between various people. I mean, you do the same when you have coffee. And uh, somebody was commenting to somebody else about the priest. He was, he was a lovely man, they said, but he had a really strange growth on the side of his face. And uh, they hadn't realized that it was the microphone. So I'm just letting you know I've got a new microphone and it's got a big bump on it. So if you're thinking, what's happened to David? Uh, that's what it is. Um, uh, we, we've needed a new microphone for a while, so um, praise the Lord, it came in time for Christmas. Um, so, we are almost there. We are almost there. Our reading from Luke uh, speaks of um, the birth of Jesus being foretold. And you probably know the story. Um, and it's good to hear it year by year, as the angel Gabriel um, comes to Nazareth, um, which is a town in Galilee in the north, uh, north of Jerusalem, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now, um, when it says pledged to be married, um, it's not the same as engaged. It's kind of engaged in the sense that if you were to get out of this betrothal, you would need a divorce. Uh, when they were pledged to be married or betrothed in, uh, in this time, um, it would have had a real, um, almost contractual uh, obligation uh, that came with it. Um, and so um, you can imagine um, what it must have been like for, um, for Mary. Uh, young, uh, afraid, um, wondering about um, all that's happening and then going, but I'm engaged, I'm betrothed, and how can I, um, how can I tell Joseph? Uh, so the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. And when it says you who are highly favored, um, there is a sense that the Lord is, is blessing um, Mary um, and is putting favor on her, but that, isn't, that, that is a favor that she is being used for God's purposes. Um, and what I want to do today in, in a short time is just to encourage you to think about yourself. Uh, we love thinking about ourselves, don't we? Uh, but think about yourself. So as I speak of Mary, it's very easy to say, well, wow, that's amazing. She's amazing. Wow. Um, or something like that. Uh, but uh, I believe the Lord wants to use all of us. God wants to use you for his purposes. Now, good news for you is the Messiah has already come, and so you're not going to have to give birth to the Messiah. But God calls each of us and wants to use us for his purposes. Whatever uh, we, we think of it, that might happen in the whole of our lives, God will use us. So Mary was greatly troubled, it says, um, greatly troubled uh, at the words and wondered what the kind of greeting was. And the angel said what angels always say. What do angels always say? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And they say don't be afraid, I imagine, because people were afraid. As I would probably be if I saw an angel, especially if it had some silver tinsel on its head and some big wings. Um, don't be afraid. 
you have found favor with God, you will conceive and birth a son, and you are to call him Jesus. You are to call him Jesus. Um, so the angel names um, the child Jesus, which um, in the Hebrew is Joshua, uh, and it means the Lord is salvation. So you'll name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And so it goes on. And Mary's question is the same question that you will probably ask if God asks you to do something that you don't know how to do or that seems uh, out of this world. But how can this be? Often when God calls us to do something, um, there is a sense of, of it, of it forthtelling. A prophecy is forthtelling. It, is, it's, it will come into being through time as we kind of step into it uh, and, and so on. Um, and so we often speak of, of, of the journey of faith, um, and they say that a, a journey begins with a single step. And so I think for us, when God says to us something that we might be called to do, which might just be a seed that's sown, a thought that pops in our head and, and we, we kind of pursue it. As we do so, uh, it becomes apparent how God might use it. Um, I'm a bit nervous to tell a personal story this morning because I do not want you to think that I'm trying to say I'm the same as Mary, um, because I'm not, anatomically, um, and other reasons too. Um, but uh, I hope it's okay to use a story because I think it helps explain something. Um, and I'm also a bit nervous to use a story because I've got some issue with my guitar this morning and it's not working properly. And then I lost the capo somewhere so I couldn't play the right chords and it was all quite disastrous. Um, but there you are. We have a band and it's okay if one person has a faulty instrument with a missing capo. Um, when I was about 21, I went to Peru, uh, which is a country in the South, in South America. Um, it's the home, anyone know what, who comes from Peru? Children? Paddington, thank you. Padding, you've heard of Paddington Bear? Yes, he's a bear from Peru, there you go. Um, it's a story, it's not in the Bible, it's a story. So um, I went to Peru and um, it, was with a, it was a Christian holiday group and there, were, um, there was someone had a guitar. And so I said to him, do you play the guitar? He said, no, I don't play the guitar. He was the tour leader. But he said, um, but we're a Christian holiday group, so we always bring a guitar. And they'd got some copies of Mission Praise um, so that we would, we would open and sing some songs. So he'd got the guitar, and he'd got the, the box full of Mission Praise books. Um, and it turned out there was no one to play the guitar. And um, so somebody had a go um, and then said, no, I'm not doing it anymore. And I said, well, I've kind of been learning the guitar. I, I bought a cheap guitar when I was about 18 and, and so on and started messing around with some chords. Um, and uh, I said, I can have a go. And so I had a go. Um, and then from then on, Every day for an hour, I had to lead worship 
with all these people, not really having a clue what I was doing, only at the time knowing two chords. I would demonstrate, but I'm not sure the guitar's working. But I knew two chords. I, I, I pushed it up to about four on that trip. Um, and uh, so everything was in strange keys that weren't always singable. Um, but I found that um, I ended up being used to lead the worship. And people said um, how, how good it was that I did that. Often when God puts us in situations and calls us to do things, we will feel completely unequipped. Completely unequipped. And I want to suggest today that when we're in those situations and we feel completely unequipped, that is exactly where God can use us. When we haven't got a clue what we are doing, God can step in and use us. Because then it's not about us and our skills and our abilities and our, our degrees and our experience and, and all that we have. It's about what God will do. No, I'm not saying that those things are not important and God will use those things too. But in the times when we feel overwhelmed and overcome by God's calling on us, those are the times when God can sometimes use us the most. And that makes us feel a bit nervous sometimes. Makes me feel nervous a lot when I feel I'm out of my depth and I don't know what I'm doing. And yet I find myself in situations and subsequently look back and say, wow, God used me there. Anyone else resonate with this? No one's nodding. Thank you, a hand or two. Thank you. I'm just checking I'm not talking, you know, completely off everyone's wavelength. Um, God will use us. He's not going to use us in the same way he used Mary. But we can observe Mary was obedient. When Mary was, was told what was going to happen, she said um, in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Now, I think that's the opposite to what I do. If, if I sense that God wants me to do something, I, normally the conversation between me and God goes like this. David, I th can you do this? No. Uh, David, I, I think you could do this for me. Uh, just I should just, this is just me acting now. I, I, I don't actually hear an audible voice of God in case someone leaves us a, a review on Google. The priest thinks he hears audible voices of God. No, um, it's not that I hear an audible voice of God, but the conversation would be along the lines of uh, this, this sense, this nagging that God wants me to do something. No, I don't want to do that. No, somebody else can do that. No, I haven't got the skills and abilities to do that. No, I don't have the time to do that. No, I don't have the money to do that. No, but it's raining. I don't want to leave the house. No, I've talked to people all day. I do not want to call them. Does that happen to you ever? God puts a niggle and says, I wonder, I wonder, you should just text that person and see how they are. You should just call them and see how they are. No, I don't want to. 
I'm happily watching whatever series on Netflix. That's my instant reaction. I think that's the human reaction. And we see in Mary, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And so I'm going to leave it there and just say that a couple more times. And maybe we can let that phrase sink in. I am the Lord's servant, she said. May your word to me be fulfilled. I wonder what we need to do this Christmas in the new year to step in and be the same as Mary and to say, I am your servant, God. I am your servant. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the example we see in Mary of being faithful, of honoring uh, her calling. We thank you for those words where she says, I am your servant. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Help us with her to be people who can say those words out loud, that I am your servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Amen.